Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. I am Joseph M. Smith, the host of Tech Niche Tips podcast, where we help people break into tech, not just to get in there, but to also scale from there. Every week, I'll be having new episodes where I either talk from my own personal experiences or I share with my friends and people that I met along the way that have great tips and tricks, not only, again, to help you land a job in tech, but to help you scale from there. Join me on the Tech Niche Tips podcast. Until next time, I hope to see you on the other side. Stay tuned for more. Happy 2021. We Happy made it into the new year. We made it, Charlene. How yeah. are you? Good, good. All the holidays are behind us. We got a couple coming up, but I'm glad we made it into 2021. What did you do to celebrate? What did I do? Well, after our last podcast, I made a vision board. It took me about three weeks. <laughs> and uh, and I think there's still more I could do about that. I always feel like I can start January on January 1st. And then I always realize that January takes me a full month to get into the new year. I'm just thinking and digesting about what the new year's going to feel like and processing what happened last year. You know, I always think, oh, yeah, it'll just be one day. And then the whole year is ready to be seen and felt. And then I'm like, oh, no, yeah, it's January 28th and I'm still doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt that way, too. And also, too, I got excited because, you know, uh, our podcast is just really growing in audience. And we're, and I've met so many new, cool, interesting people to come on and be our guest speakers. And so mm -hmm. I know we have one today. You want to introduce our guest? Our first one for 2021. Yay. Yes. Yeah, so welcome back, everybody. And we're going to kick off the new year in terms of guests with our special guest, Roseni Fenton. And welcome, Roseni. I want to talk a little bit about you, but hello. Hello, hello, hello. It's great to be here. Roseni, so yeah, I've known you for what, maybe like seven, seven, is it several than, years, right? Yeah, more than that. Mm -hmm. Since 2008 or something like that, 2009. Yeah. So, okay. So let me tell you a little bit about Roseni. Roseni and I have known each other for a few years and Roseni is originally from Brooklyn, New York, which is why she's going to bring in a little bit of that taste of that in her accent, which sounds amazing occasionally. <laughs> and she started out her career in public policy, and then she transitioned that and evolved herself to become a licensed social work, clinical social worker. And she's working in private practice in Washington, D.C. And... Um, she and I talk about what's going on with our patients sometimes and what we are um, excited about supporting our patients with. And Roseni is so cool because she uh, is really focused on helping people let go of their past hurts and everything that's, that's holding them down in the past so that they can embrace their present moment more fully and live in joy. She's so great about bringing people to the present and helping them feel more fully in the present and 
really live into joy. And um, so I, and part of her journey is using um, meditation, mindfulness, acupuncture, self-care. And so I really thought about her in light of um, Charlene, you and I had talked about, especially on vision board, this word joy kept coming up, you know, yes. and I love connecting with people who are in, like invested in really focusing on that rather than invested in focusing on all the hard stuff about especially a pandemic year, you know, so, so Roseni, in light of all that, welcome, welcome. How are you? Thank you. I am happy to be here. It's a beautiful snow day in Washington, D.C. It's so peaceful and serene outside. I want to go outside and play, but I don't want to bring the mess inside. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm just enjoying yeah. it from afar. <laughs> yeah, it's a little sloppy, right? <laughs> it will be sloppy if you go out. But from in here, it just looks serene and wonderful. Yes, I know. It's like, it's this amazing world that we have, um, you know, we used to have snow days in this area. And now with everybody working on Zoom and working remotely, it's like, there's no excuse to have a snow day. <laughs> so we don't ha get the excuse to go outside right. and play even if we wanted to, you know? Right, right. You just got to create the space anyway, if you want to. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and so the, I'm curious about that. So I'd love to pick your brain, Roseni. I'd love to see what life is like for you mm -hmm. as a therapist, as a therapist who's working from home and seeing your patients who are also from home. You know, I feel like that's been a huge transition mm -hmm. in the industry of therapy over the last 12 months. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious about what is your perspective like working from home, working with patients from home? What is that like for you? I thought I originally was concerned about going, doing virtual sessions mm -hmm. um, because I used to rely a lot on um, uh, what wasn't said, what what isn't communicated in the room. And mm. um, I'm somewhat intuitive. And so I would feel my way through sessions a lot. And I worried about being on camera and like, and not having access to that information. Um, but that hasn't been an issue at all. Uh, so, you know, I'm able to rock and roll. Like I have to be way more intentional about what I'm noticing in the camera and saying to my clients, I'm noticing that your face changed. Can you help me understand what's behind that? Or I, I feel like something's different, you know? So I'm more vocal about what I'm noticing and feeling. And, and then they get to correct me, which is always the process of therapy anyway. Um, and so it hasn't been a handicap at all. Um, so to that end, you know, I loved it. That's so interesting. And are you also seeing your own face? Do you have that view when you are looking at your clients? Is that new? <laughs> so the little, you know, it's a tiny little square. And actually the platform that I use, they just updated it so that I could hide my face if I wanted to. Um, I don't look at myself. Because <laughs> that's a whole new <laughs> layer. It's of weird. I mean, in person, you have no idea. You think you're having a poker face probably, but it, on this screen option, you yeah. can see what you're projecting back to people, which would yeah. be. Yeah. Well, I'm not a poker face kind of therapist. Mm. You know, I'm not, I'm, I, I show up, 
you know? Um, and so like, I will reflect back what if I, you know, if I'm like, that sucks, that sucks, you know, and I'll let my face say that sucks. Like, Oh my God, I can't, you know, all that, that is more of my practice anyway. Um, but I don't want to see how I emote, whatever. I don't, I just, that's information I don't need. (laughs) I'm curious as you've, as you journey through 2020 with your patients, I'm curious to know if there was a turn where people seemed a little bit more hopeful or starting to climb out of where they were. I'm My clients, first of all, are awesome. Um, most of them, many of them I've been working with for well over a year. Um, and many of them I was working with for several months before the pandemic hit. And so um, they're taking it day by day because that's the work that we do, right? Like that's how you, when you're in the middle of the storm, you try not to predict the storm. You, you know, you just, you try to do what you need to do to weather the storm and take it day by day. And so they're taking it day by day Late. I have been noticing a trend within the last week, literally, of like a lot of fatigue. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, people were really hoping that the vaccine would do something different. And, um, you know, they were hoping that the new administration would bring new energy faster. Like they're all I think they're I think people are tired of being cooped up inside. Um, Mm -hmm. But a turn not really because so the moment the pandemic happened i was like okay it looks like we're going to be in a crisis and this is how you deal with crisis right like so you know and let's not pretend that this is going to be for a short period of time let's assume that this is going to be for a long period of time and you know in the first few months it's like how do you take and and self-care has led the way all along Mm -hmm. the way self-care 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 and so what do you need to do to like deal with the increased anxiety when the crisis first hit and then okay now that you know so mm, september-ish is like all right so how does your life need to change to help you thrive or you know at least like do all right for the next however long you know and so with that perspective then there really isn't a turn you know it's like you just take it as it comes. And so they're not talking about the pandemic much at all. Most of my clients, every now and then it comes up like, I can't believe we're still doing this, you know, but for the most part, they're talking about family stuff, all the stuff that we would have been talking about absence of pandemic. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing too, that my, my focus has been shifting to, to future. Okay. What's next? Um, and I, I hear what you're saying that fatigue feels real now. It's almost like even though we even though the calendar changed, right? We're now in a new year, right. something still just haven't changed. And I went I went out today and shoveled twice in the snow mm-hmm. because I'm like, hey, I love snow. I don't know if it's gonna snow again. Mm-hmm. Let me just get out of my house routine. Good. And go. Good shovel some snow yeah brilliant so how do we how do we shift you know you Mm -hmm. joy and i talk a lot about 
you know, I with I coach and and I coach clients who are just trying to gain control of what they can control, right? Mm-hmm. Everything else is out of control. They mm-hmm. they see environmentally, but what is it that we can control? Mm-hmm. And you're right, self care has come up to the top of the list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so that's a. I just finished um, uh, Lee Harris's. Uh, What's it called? Re, what was it called, Joy? Relift? Re, uh, re, re-energize? Re- renew, renew, something like that. But Lee Harris, who's a brilliant teacher, and now it's going to make me mad that I don't remember, and I just finished it. But there were three <laughs> things. Um, it was about creating, you know, re-energizing our creative energy. Mm. Um, and hold on, it's coming. Rebirth. Rebirth 2021 was his um teaching and uh and I have to give him credit because he this is all him but he said so when you said how do we shift he talked about um shaking it up just like you did by going outside and shoveling snow so doing something mm-hmm. different um he also talked about self-care is not optional it's a requirement in these times um that we're in and that you know we are in a huge time of transition and we will be in a big time of transition for the next 10 years or so um and so self-care is not a reactive thing it needs to be a proactive thing that is mandatory and then as far as being creative he talked about um he talked about a whole lot of things, but the one that is sticking out to me now is like connecting with our inner child, you know, connecting with that playful part of ourselves, that excited part of ourselves, you know? And so, um, so when you talk, when you ask me, how do we shift? I I'm, I'm on the heels of Lee's work and that's, what's coming to mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've I been like noticing that. Go ahead, Joy. Well, I, I've been noticing that too, almost that, um, there's a little bit of fatigue with my patients about self-care. Like they're tired of, okay, I've got to go to bed early. I've got to eat the right things. I've got to take a bath or whatever. So I think what you're saying could apply to self-care also, like mix it up, try something new, you know, and even like, what is my inner child? I can't remember what they like to do. What are they, what am I going to jump rope? I don't know. Right. Well, I mean, and so that's the misnomer. A lot of my clients, you know, part of a lot of our work is educating them about what self-care means. And, you know, I compare us to plants all the time. And like there's some plants that need a lot of water. There's some plants that don't need a lot of water. There's some plants that like direct sunlight. There's some that like need indirect sunlight or no sunlight. There's some plants that want to be left to dry out in between waterings, right? Like, and in the same way that there's not like one recipe for all plants there's not one recipe for all humans you know and so so really and this week mm-hmm. what i found myself saying to my clients my goal with them is to help them become students of themselves and mm-hmm. so when you're a student of yourself then you know like okay so self care for me means you know painting and taking baths and going for walks or another person self-care for me means a vegetarian diet. Another person might say self-care for me is vigorous exercise, right? Like, and you know, this as an acupuncturist joy, right? So it's like really knowing you as an individual and then, and, and then doing that. And then, and with one of my clients, I found myself saying, um, you know, the importance of really knowing yourself, because when you know yourself and then you see yourself not showing up 
as your full self, that's a flag. You know, <laughs> oh, I, I need some tuning. I need some care, you know, and that could be, it could be a nap or it could be whatever. It could be to watch a funny movie or a scary movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love so, that, being a student then, of yourself. Yes, yes. And then as far as like the fatigue with, because uh, people do get tired. I am a broken record when it comes to diet, sleep, and exercise. But the reason why I'm a broken record when it comes to that is because of, um, felt, what's that lady, The um, How Emotions Are Made, Joy, that book, um, that she talks about our brains, you know, and how mm -hmm. the sensations that we experience as emotions are the byproduct of our systems being in balance, right? And so when our when our system is out of balance, then we the sensation that we experience is unpleasant, and then our brain makes meaning of that as a negative emotion. And so the key is first to get yourself in balance, and balance comes from proper sleep, proper nutrition, proper exercise, as well as focusing on thoughts that feel good. That is important. But if those first three are out are chronically out of whack, you're fighting yourself the whole time, you know. And so my clients get that, and you know, yeah, they're like, I know, Rosani, I need to, but they actually, they don't say that that much because they know and they feel better. Yeah, you right can part, yeah. you're right. A part of thriving is, is making sure that you get that physical rest, nutrition, right? No, physical activity, nutrition and rest. Mm -hmm. And how many of us really sacrifice some of that? I mean, Joy, would, would, we would laugh and we said, well, Joy, how would two people get back into rituals and routines? Like we were going to put on on our on our web on our um, Instagram, brush your teeth, right? right? Because it's like something basic, but when, when you're out of your routine, you may just skip that. Yeah, and that so that speaks to another thing that I'm constantly telling my clients: when you're feeling off, treat yourself like a toddler. Mm -hmm. You know, and whether you're feeling off or not, generally speaking, we should be treating ourselves like toddlers. And how important is, is routine to toddlers? Right. And also sugar to toddlers <laughs> and naps to toddlers and yes. how, you know, and when we have too much sugar and not enough naps, yes. I mean, sugar directly yes. creates a chemical response in our body that then triggers anxiety, that yes. then triggers depression. You know what I mean? And so, yes. yeah, it's like when I have people coming in and they're like, I'm so anxious. I'm also like, how much sugar are you eating or right. how, <laughs> what, What's your go-to comfort food right now and to, to rule out if that's part of the equation or not, you know, but it is so foundational. And I'm curious if you can talk more about, you said, yes, those foundations, sleep, food, and then exercise. you said focus on exercise. And then you said focus on thoughts that feel good. Yes. Talk more about that. That's different for everybody, right? But um it's really, uh, first you have to intend to feel good. You know, you have to intend to feel good. And uh, cause life happens, Pandemic hap hap pandemics happen, loved ones die, we lose our jobs, things don't go the way that we thought they were gonna go, right? And so I have no delusions that we live in some panacea, you know, and everything is, yay, we live in Disney World. Um, so, so stuff happens, but to borrow from Joe Dispenza, I love giving people credit where they do. We don't have to make a career of focusing on the crap of life. 
you know, um, he talks about not making it a career of, of being there. Um, you know, and so, so when I say before I, because if you build too much momentum, if you're, if you're getting up every day, I hate my job. I hate my marriage. I hate my kids. I hate, you know, my parents failed me with you know, this is pandemic. Mm -hmm. If that's the momentum you've got going, you first have got to say, okay, when I go to sleep tonight, I'm not going to be thinking these thoughts. It's my intention to rest, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that's why sleep is really important because when we wake up, you hit the reset button. And so then in theory, in theory, but most of us, we just pick up where we left off the day before. Mm -hmm. And so wake up the next morning and, you know, feel it and, and, and intend to feel as good as you can feel for as long as you can in the day and be intentional about how you start your day. And so I'm always teaching my clients to either meditate, journal, exercise, do something that helps you get off on the good foot and then go as far into your day as that will take you. And in the beginning, that might be until you brush your teeth. Right. Um, and then, you know, and so then, then you're intentional about not checking your email first thing in the morning, not turning on the news first thing in the morning, right? Like not doing those things that will take your energy into all kinds of directions. Um, and so then, you know, then the next, next couple of days you keep practicing and maybe you can get till breakfast and the next couple of days you keep practicing and then maybe you can get till mid morning and, you know, and if soon enough, you'll find that you can get to mid afternoon. And by the time it'll, it'll take 30 to 60 days or longer, depending on how practiced you are in practicing thoughts that don't feel good. So there's no rush here. There's no race here. Um, but eventually you'll find yourself feeling good more often than not. And that's it. That's all you need, right? Just more often than not. And then there, you know, and so, so that's the big picture. Cause I, if you've got too much momentum of bad feeling thoughts for me to say to you, just start practicing good thoughts. It, that doesn't work. Mm. No, that doesn't work. So that's, a, I wanted to put that caveat, but now once you've been intentional about feeling good for a while through diet, exercise, sleep initially, then we can start talking about then because now your, your body's more in balance. And so now you can be more aware of your feelings and then you can start to catch yourself in the small, subtle stages, like when a thought starts to happen that you know is going someplace. You know, mm -hmm. they don't get on trains of thoughts that are going where you don't want to go. Right. Right. And the problem is most of us aren't aware of how we're feeling. And so then we get on a train of thought, we stay on it too long, and then we only notice it after we've been on it for months and months and months. And, mm -hmm. and we feel like crap. And so first, like, let's correct that and get to a place where we can notice the subtle thoughts. And so then it's like, oh, no, that's a train of thought I don't want to get on. And so then you redirect yourself, you know, and find something that you can pay attention to that does make you feel good. And it might be just play a song or go for a walk or go into nature, right? Sometimes our lives are such that there ain't nothing that I can think of right now that makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you can put a song on that will bring a smile to your face or laughter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Charlene, that makes me think of your learnings recently. I think you took a class and you were telling me about, you know, that there's there's some dark thoughts that come in and it's almost like that catching them. 
is like Rosani said, it's like, can you catch them and see them for what they are? And it's like, oh, I see you. <laughs> yes, yes. So I'm, I'm in the middle of getting certified in um, positive intelligence, mm -hmm. where it talks really around the things that you're talking about in terms of, you know, there's negative chatter and mind chatter going on all the time. But then how do you recognize it, acknowledge it, but then choose to focus elsewhere, right? And it, it goes to that that whole notion of what you're talking about is self-compassion. Yes. I think sometimes we can be so hard on ourselves that if we can give ourselves just a little bit of compassion, and I, I and and it's 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 too which uh, Joy had mentioned that you brought into your practice too is mindfulness, right? It's, yes. And and I think mindfulness is a beautiful a beautiful way to break that negative chatter. Yes. And so my husband was right now having some pain and even works with pain. I told him, I said, okay, let's, let's lean into that pain. Yes. Get curious about that pain. Where are you, where are you feeling it in your body? Yes. He was looking, at first he was looking at me like he was crazy. I said, no, no, let's talk about. And, and cause he needed to get his heart rate down. Right. Yes. And I said, where's, where, what does it feel like? Get curious. Is it swirling? Yes. What, what do you know? And, and I did five minutes with him cause you know, and, and in five minutes, his heart rate came down. Wow. Yeah. Right. And so I'm bringing that to my clients because you're absolutely right. If I didn't go out, the reason why I went out and shovel, let me be honest, my mind chatter was not great. <laughs> and I, said, I said, okay, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to hijack my day and it's too nice of a day. Let me go out here and experience what it felt like when I was a child. Yes. Oh, that first snow day. Remember that first yes. snow? You had to go yep. out there and you got to make that snow angel. I didn't do yep. that yet. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I had to quickly and, and I, I needed to lessen the time between the negative chatter and, and, and making that shift into something where I could say, I could really process what that negative chatter was about. Yeah. You know, it was a little fear. Okay. Yeah. But is it, is it the story that I really want to tell myself right now? Right. Right. Is, is it the energy I want to feed right now? That's right. Because what you I, feed grows. Uh huh. Good and bad. Uh huh. I love that you switched it up with something physical rather yes. than trying to just use the mind against the mind or yes. the mind right. for. The, it's like, uh, and and even when you talk about compassion, that's such a beautiful part of this conversation is bringing in self compassion. And this reminds me of a class you took, Rosenia, a while ago that I think yeah. was about mindfulness and self-compassion. Sure was. That's, yeah. And you told me about this physical movement of hugging yourself or, mm -hmm. or sending energy to your own heart. Wasn't mm -hmm. that? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the work of Kristen Neff and Christopher Germer. The, they have a beautiful workbook, the Mindful Self-Compassion Workbook. I work with many of my clients through it. And um, self-compassion, ever since I did that training, it was about two years ago, Joy, it's been a, a central part of my work because it's very hard to change that negative self-talk if you're not being self-compassionate. You know, like um, self-compassion really creates the, a safe space within our bodies. You know, like it helps decrease the fight or flight response. Because hmm. once that fight or flight response is activated, because your brain is predictive, it is not reactive. And so once that fight or flight response is, is activated, your brain is predicting. So it's looking for things to, that are unsafe. 
And if it's not finding it in your environment, it will find it in your mind, mm. you know? And so like, I've really, I work a lot with my clients to say, let's not make much meaning of what your mind is telling you because it's those, it's just a story. It's a story that you've told a lot for many years. It's a story that's familiar and it, and it's a story that matches how you're currently feeling. So let the story be an indicator that you're not feeling great. And what do you need to do to feel better? Mm. You know, and then later, like you just said, Sherilyn, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Like you said, Sherilyn, you know, maybe later there's some information that is useful to me in that story. And I'll, you know, I can explore it then, but for the most part, no, go do, do something else. But without self-compassion, you don't love yourself enough to give yourself permission to take a break from the story. Cause usually we're like, no, I got to whip myself into shape. I got to get to the bottom of this, you know, you know, and it's so much hostility. Mm-hmm. And I know, cause I, I don't say that from a place of judgment. I say that from a place of knowing how I used to talk to myself how I still talk to myself sometimes and, you know, and how much self-compassion really just allows to just, just take a breath. It's okay, baby. We don't got to fix this all right now. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Why is it our go-to to say, get it together, let it go, get it, get, uh, your, get over this. <laughs> Puritanism, American Puritanism. That's my guess. <laughs> and I think also, you know, being kids, it's like, you know, when yeah. we were doing something bad, we were always told, like, get your stuff together. Or yeah. So we probably yeah. are trying to parent ourselves in a bad, just self-judgment moment, you know, like saying, Joy, stop that. Well, Instead of, oh, it's okay. We're going to get well, through. Well, that's, that's why how we talk to our children is so important important because they internalize yeah. that that is what informs what their self-talk is going to sound like how we talk to them wow. yeah wow. Like <laughs> yeah and then, parent, and then when they pair it back to you and you hear them saying something that they heard you say you're like "Ooh, did i say that because they're Can like you relate to that charlene oh oh i could relate to it. The, the car seat moments and you, <laughs> you're driving and you hear <laughs> parroting what you said and you're like Oh, I got to watch what I say. Absolutely. This has been great information. We always like to leave just some good tips for our audience. And we're so glad they joined us again. If you could give us something that people can, because we want people to activate what they're hearing in our conversation. Can you share with them one or two things as we start? We leave January. Gosh, can you believe we're starting February? I can't, but we are. Give give our audience a couple of things to take into their new month. Um, I would encourage them to, I would encourage your audience to be very um, intentional about joy. I know that's where we started and that, you know, that's, that was, and what that means is, is waking up with the intention, with the desire to experience that. And in the beginning, this might sound like completely foreign. You don't know what the heck I'm talking about. And so then you have to explore, well, what does joy mean for me? You know, and what are some joy practices? Um, Lee Harris very much encouraged that to find, to know your joy practices. So know what mm-hmm. movies, you know, what songs, what activities, what people um, really help you connect with joy, you know, and then, um, and to start your day intending 
to incorporate that into it in as many ways as you can find. But without intention, it won't happen. Beautiful. That is beautifully said. And Joy, we love, I know you love hearing your name over and over. (laughs) Just don't sing a Christmas song at me. (laughs) My vision board last year had a whole section on Joy. Find my joy. I didn't realize that I needed that much intentionality around joy. And then I met joy. And I tell you, that's taking joy to the next level. (laughs) My joy to the next level. Well, we're so glad you go ahead, joy. Go ahead. I was just going to say it like echoing what you both are saying. I use the term hunt for joy, you know, like when, especially when I'm feeling down, it sounds sort of aggressive, but, uh, I can feel into that. And sometimes it takes a little hunting for it, you know, knowing what brings you joy takes a little bit of go out of the house, Charlotte. And you said Mm -hmm. you went to Home Depot, you went to shovel your car. It's like, sometimes you got to go root around and see, is this, is, is this going to help me? Is this going to, you know, we had a fox in our backyard that my husband and I were just watching hunt today in the snow and they were just like bouncing around looking here and there is this it is this it is it you know it's sort of like you have sort of have to hunt for joy a little bit you know yeah Yeah. well I'm and I would I would add to that joy and say if you're feeling really down leave it alone for right now you know like take a nap Take a nap nice. because so because I have some clients that like and they really they fight their low moments and whatever you resist persists. So then mm-hmm. they spiral further down, you know, but so yes, hunt for joy when you're feeling content, right? Like when you're mm-hmm. in the middle, right? Like, but if yeah. you're in despair, take a warm bath and take a nap. Nice. <laughs> nice. Love it. And I, I'm sure a lot of people who are working remotely now are probably taking more naps. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> because <laughs> it is so good. It's so refreshing. I Joy introduced me to naps. I was, she was like, take naps. I'm like, take naps. I've never, I've never taken a nap in the middle of the day. But let me tell you that 15 minutes, oh my gosh. It was so, well, <laughs> It's like a power down on the computer, you know, of our brain. It's sort of like power down, give it a break, power back up. (laughs) When you tell me the brain needs to rest, and I was like, oh, it does? I thought it just (laughs) was going to keep going and going and going. No, rest your brain. Yeah. 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 This has been so good. Oh my yeah. God, this has been so, I feel the energy from you. I feel the joy from you. Thank you. I see the passion and what you're doing to help lives change for the better. And we hope that the, that this pandemic has shed a light onto the mental health issues that a lot of people have faced. And I'm not sure if employers really have put enough resources around this. This whole topic of providing, you know, resources for their their employees to really have a safe place like going and having sessions with you to really talk about what's really happening Mm -hmm. instead of putting on a brave face on the Zoom camera. Yeah. And I want to say employers haven't. But the time that we're shifting into is one where 
that's not their responsibility. If we want that, we have to advocate for ourselves. That's the era that we're shifting into. We are all creating, we are co-creators in this experience. And we are shifting out of a time where we expected leadership to come down from on high with the solutions for us, from us saying, well, I'm not gonna work at a place that doesn't give me the time to take the breaks that I need throughout the day. And I mean, really, because I I hear all my friends talking about, um, I don't want to go back to work. And I'm like, so then don't, I don't like, I don't want to go physically back into the office. I'm like, so don't, you know, tell them that you don't want to. And if they won't accommodate that, go work for someone who will. And eventually they're going to start to see, oh, 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 we got to switch this up or we're not going to be able to keep people. That's right. That's right. Because people have shifted in terms of, I can, I can be just as productive like this on a, on a, on a zoom call where I can see you, you can see me. And so the notion of me not speaking up to say, I don't want to come back in the office. I think they're going to be less inclined to hear that, right? They're going to be like, we got to do something to keep our competitive edge. And it's going to have to be this whole notion of hybrid work. Yes. And there are going to be some of us who want to go back into the office and who want to be there in person and let them go do that. You know, Mm -hmm. like, Come on, I'm excited. Let's go. I've been driving by all these office buildings and I'm wondering, how are they going to really start having people in them? Above my pay grade. (laughs) (laughs) Mine too. Mine too. Love it. Thank you so much, ladies, for having me on. Well, we are glad you have been able to join us today. And we are looking forward to you coming back you know, so mm-hmm. think about that. We're planting a seed in your head right now that we're going to have you back. Whenever you guys are ready, I'm ready. Well, Joy, we got a, another surprise coming up on our next show. I oh, have, I have a person who's going to come on talking about how to create a creative community. She's been in search of creating a creative community. And I see to what you I see parallels to what you just talked about, how we have to really tap into our creativity. Her name is Denise Feldman. She's going to be our next guest. And then after that, I think we're attracting joy because I was talking to a millennial who said her mission is to be a joy worker. And Mm -hmm. she's doing a lot of work with energy, energy, generational work and really telling oral oral stories and bringing joy in people's lives. So we're going to have, at least for the next several weeks, we're going to continue this topic about bringing joy, either hunting it, being intentional about it, or just being more aware of, you know, it's time to get some joy in our lives. Mm-hmm. So, Love so continue. So for those of us who are excited about, you know, this, I like joy. We should use that hashtag hunt for joy or hashtag intentionality about joy um, because mm-hmm. it is something that is eluding a lot of us these days. And let's shine a spotlight on it. Let's turn it around. Yeah. yeah. We don't let's have to stay stuck. Up. We don't have to be no. stuck in fatigue about it all. Yeah. Let's yes. raise it up. Yeah, so if you enjoyed our show today, email us at the homework pod at gmail or at 
homework pod on Instagram. Follow us. So like I said, we got some new content coming. Make sure you hit that follow button. Make sure you tell your friends about us. We're streaming on Spotify, iHeartRadio app, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. So guess what? You can find us anywhere. And don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a five-star rating. And before we go, Rosini, where can we find you? You can find me on my website, rosennyfenton.com. That's R-O-S-E-N-N-Y-F-E-N-T-O-N.com. Awesome. So let's do some homework. Together. Together. Until next time. Until next time.